Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, it's Caroline from G Thanks Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G Thanks, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and today I am joined by someone you probably already know, Girls Night In, Chief Lounger, Alicia Ramos. Alicia, I'm so happy to have you here because I feel like this has been months, years, decades in the making. It's been a long time coming. I've been a big Caroline Moss fan for since the since I think your Hey Ladies book was when I first I knew of you before then, I think. But that book was life changing. It made me laugh out loud when I was reading it alone in a park. Like I'll never forget that moment. (laughs) I'm sitting alone and literally just laughing out loud to myself. And sending it to all my friends. So that's thank you. So nice. <laughs> thank you. I'm so happy you like it. One of one of the most haunting things that ever happened to me was someone left a review about it on Amazon thinking it was like um like a true story or like they were like, All these girls suck. And I'm like, No, I know that's the oh. point. Um you're supposed to hate all of them. Uh no, and you I did your job. I, right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh and similarly, I've been a girls' night in fan for a long time. One of the only newsletters uh, I consistently open on a weekly basis. Uh, Thank you. And do not, I, I rarely do I ever skip. Like, I can't think of. That's big. I really, the open rate <laughs> for me specifically is 100%. Um, you're you're a five-star subscriber. Five-star in subscriber. Our, in our MailChimp database, probably. <laughs> Can't wait to get my trophy. Um, <laughs> I love Girls' Night In, and um, what I loved about it was, you know, being an introvert, um, I think most people assume I'm an extrovert because I'm very, like, loud online, but... I, someone once described, you know, being introverted versus extroverted as, you know, where do you get your energy with other people yeah. or when you're by yourself? And for me, it's when I'm by myself. Um, yeah. But I was also always a yes person. You know, like I really had a hard time saying no to anything. Um, and yeah. And Girls Night In was sort of the first <laughs> time anyone that was like not my therapist was like, you can just block <laughs> off time for yourself. And if someone asks you if you're busy, you can just say yes. And you don't have to tell them what you're like. You don't have to 
like lie and say like no I have a work thing like no I'm just like I, yeah I'm blocking off time and to know that there were other people who also felt that way and who would also rather be like kind of spending that time with themselves was was very helpful because I always felt uh like the one extrovert and I mean introvert in a sea of extroverts and and felt like I was missing something by yeah. needing to like recharge by myself well, I'm so glad to hear that. And I, I remember you mentioning that you were an introvert during one of your previous episodes. And I was also surprised because, <laughs> you know, we all have our, you know, internet personas. I'm definitely more gregarious and outgoing online than I am in person. But um, I'm glad to to hear that. And it's it's funny because we also have a lot of readers who identify as extroverted and team members too, which has been interesting. So I think it's, it's definitely an introversion paradise like G and I, but I also think there's something for extroverts too, who need permission to like set boundaries. We all need permission to set boundaries. So yeah, yeah. that's very, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. We all need permission to set boundaries. I think, I think quarantine for me, and I don't know how you feel about it. Um, lately, I've been going back and looking on Instagram at everyone's like March 23rd posts, which are very funny <laughs> because it had only been like maybe six days. And everyone's like, yeah. day six in quarantine. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, it's now been like six months and, and now I haven't seen anything but the four walls of my house. Um, and oh. nothing is kitschy anymore. Everyone's like, I'm in matching pajamas and playing Animal Cross. And now I'm just like, I haven't washed my hair in a really long time. Yeah. Um, as yeah, it, yeah. No, go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel that so much because last night, Corey, my fiance and I were just chatting and like reminiscing about the early, quote, early days of quarantine. (laughs) Do you remember the early days when, and we were just like reminiscing about like everyone was on Zoom calls and doing Instagram lives. And like, it was kind of, I don't want to say exciting, but it was like, everyone was in it together and there was this like positive camaraderie around it versus now it's definitely exhausting. It's been politicized is like the other huge thing that has happened. And it feels, I think Molly Chen actually wrote about this in her, in a recent Instagram post this morning, she used the word stagnant, which is how I feel like we are now five months in and we're all just kind of like a blob yeah we're yeah we're in it like this is just life now you know it's just like I part of me felt like I wished on a monkey's paw because right the first week or two or even first month was exciting in a way that was I still had a lot of hope that we were gonna get it under control, that we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be failed by our government, that we would take it really seriously and, you know, everyone would believe that this was a threat, you know, rich, poor, black, white, like whatever, like this is something that affects all of us. And then very quickly, it became something that was really just hard to swallow and yeah so from an introvert standpoint just the staying at home and like staying like permission like permission from like the world like literally like on a global level it was like please stay home 
Yeah. Please stay home. And, um, you know, don't talk to people. Like, don't go out. And I was like, like, this is my my dream. Like, I live for this. Like, don't go out. Like, no problem. And now I just have dreams of, like, just sweating all over people Mm. and, like, going to clubs, which I don't do. But, like, the second we're allowed back in a club, I'm going to the club. Um, Yeah. yeah. I feel the same way. Like, (laughs) there was that meme or a tweet or something that was going around the the early days of quarantine where it was, like, that feeling when you realize that your everyday normal existence is called quarantining. (laughs) It's like, that's how I felt. I was like, yes, like I can actually stay home and have a reason or, or like not have to provide a reason for doing so. It was like, Um, I'm a hero for staying home actually. Um, yeah. And now I miss commuting. Like I wrote a, a quick little thing about missing the DC Metro, which <laughs> takes a lot to miss the DC Metro. Yeah. I miss the like heat and humidity and just like pe- being around people and like strangers. Yeah. Oddly comforting. Just like the, idea right now. The moving, like the moving and like just people like crossing paths and going to where they need to go. And, you know, just like the, yeah. the, the life and breath of, of, I would say the globe, but most other countries have it under control and are getting back to some <laughs> sort of normalcy now, but not us. Um, I, yeah. I just kind of miss the, yeah, there's things that I, and you know, I moved. So like, I don't even have a routine in LA that isn't quarantine and, you know, yeah. but what I miss the most about New York similarly is like getting on the subway. That was my reading time. I think you wrote the same thing. Like I like would have a solid 40 minutes when I would commute and like just read and like there would be I just can't even imagine what it would feel like now to be in a subway during rush hour when everyone is like just pressed up against you and not feeling panicked. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that never made me feel panicked. And now I can't imagine yeah. doing that again. And I there wonder. Are so many- yeah, 100%. Like, even just watching um, – what were we watching the other day? We were watching Selling Sunset, and there was – there are many – I mean, like, watching anything pop culture recently where anyone gives a hug or, like, a kiss or yes. holds your hand or yes. does, like, a double – like, dips into the same – I'm like, whoa. Yeah, you're like, what the – That was a thing? Yes. What? Yes. For that, that the onset of that happened really quickly for me. Like I felt like everything I watched, I was like, they're standing too close. Like like some Law and Order episode from like two thousand one. I was like, they're in the same room. And now, yeah. and now I realize that the thing that that sets me off more is like when someone from the before time. Like, okay, are you done with Selling Sunset? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. I don't want to, if you haven't watched Selling Sunset, just like mute this for a second. But when (laughs) Chriselle flies back to Kentucky or St. Louis, Mm -hmm. sorry, to Missouri, and she just gets on the plane. She's like, I'm going home and I'm just going to get on the plane and go. I was like, oh my God, you could just just get on a plane. You can just do that. You don't have to quarantine before and after. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And that was only, you know, seven or eight months ago. Poor Chriselle. Poor Chriselle. I I have so many thoughts. Can we talk about something? Another episode. No, I think it's this episode. I honestly. Okay, let's talk about this. Yeah, I want to talk about Selling Sunset for a sec because. I have a group chat called 
we are the Oppenheim group with <laughs> girlfriends. Um, and all we talk about is selling <laughs> sunset. And uh-huh. my phone has recently now accepted Chriselle, Davina, and Amanza as words. Like they don't try it doesn't try to autocorrect oh. anymore. Okay, yeah. Um we are we are like Chriselle, yes, we are not trying to spell anything else. We are trying to spell Chriselle. <laughs> um I started watching that show um at the recommendation of Rachel Wilkerson Miller. Um mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I don't think it's for me. And she said, just try it. And I didn't move off my couch for 12 hours. I watched seasons one (laughs) and two in like one breath. (laughs) Yeah. I was so sad when we finished the last season. I'm obsessed. I wanted more. It's so good. And it's, it's so good because they, the producers did such a great job in season two, at least of setting up the villain (laughs) versus the victim, Mm -hmm. like Chriselle, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then, Davina versus season one Christine as the villain was my favorite she is just incredible do you think she and Karama are actually friends that was a question that came up I think during they, this season they are there was a familiar okay. familiarity that's a word I have never been able to say out loud and probably never <laughs> will be able to, they seemed familiar to each other during that um that scene um that's what I thought too she is so if you guys are not watching Selling Sunset, the the long and short of it is it's like eight women, eight beautiful women, um, beautiful, like, like gorgeous L.A., lots of work done women. Very L.A. Very L.A. Um, not the L.A. I currently reside in. I'm like six miles east and it makes all the difference. But like the, you know, they they're real estate agents and they work for twins who you can't tell apart, Jason and Brett, who are also like five, four. And these women, you know that they're like pin thin. So, 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 so skinny, like L.A. skinny. And they look like giants next to these dudes. (laughs) Like every time they're standing in a room with them, they look like they could step on them. And it's so funny. But the guys also exude this like really like powerful like kind of like sexual energy that like I don't know that maybe that's my yeah. read Al- Alicia's like um yeah. <laughs> and I'm like no, they're very I sexy <laughs> I can see it they've got that whole vibe yeah down. definitely they've got the power moves the power suit yeah have you heard about the secret guy who works there though I I feel like I'm I'm feel like Maya, one of the agents, like mentioned him in passing this past season and my ears perked yeah. up and I was like, oh, so I bet there are like other agents and also men so. who work there, but yeah. they like just sort of cherry picked like the hottest seven girls. So it looks like these girls just like work for these two very small <laughs> twins. Um, oh, yeah. They... There's definitely more employees. There's sure. one in particular, though, that has a YouTube channel about oh financial management perfect his name is grant i'll send you a link I, I didn't know about it either until marianne on our team told me about it amazing my mind was blown like I, there are other people at right. the oppenheim group right <laughs> like, there are more oppenheims at the oppenheim group it's crazy <laughs> yeah the show is essentially they sell houses but like beware because they don't really sell a house till like episode six <laughs> of season one <laughs> it's sort of like an afterthought That's but it's true. these monstrosity houses like it's like LA yeah. and like everything's kind of I don't know I, everything's kind of ugly in like a very like 
if you've seen one, you've seen them all, you know, $40 million yeah. house. Like, here's a remote and the TV, like, comes out of the earth. Like, okay. All right, or there's, great. like, a waterfall in your car garage, yeah. your 11 car or 12 car your garage. Your 12 car garage with a waterfall. I mean, but also who <laughs> – I would need a waterfall in my 12 car garage. I mean, it's like, it's very crazy. Um, but there's. Can you imagine quarantining in that house? Like alone? I would love like, to. Such imagine. a large house. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love that for like one. It would be one... so sad. It would make me like totally alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alone. I would be happy during the day and then terrified at night. <laughs> yes. I, there are too Same. many buttons that like probably like set off many different things and I think I would yeah. be like so afraid like all, right like the waterfall would start going and I would have, have like yeah. a baseball bat ready to like take someone down yeah like seeing that kind of excess now mm. in quarantine like with our lens is so interesting yeah. because it's what is the point like what I think a lot of us are asking ourselves a lot of um existential questions right now but you like bet. what even is the point of having a 50 bedroom home if does like is that what yeah. I don't know maybe it's different in LA in in the Hollywood Hills not my LA uh I know it's very weird like when when Dan and I watch we're like it's weird that we live here because that's not our experience but it's the same thing as watching for us like million dollar listing in New York like you look at all these apartments and it's like oh here's this two-bedroom apartment on Central Park South and it's like five million and you're like I don't know that life like I recognize the streets and obviously like yes here are some b-roll shots of the city but like I don't live in a world where I'm like yeah I have five million dollars like just looking for an apartment like there's just there's like a yeah. different world different even world. in dc we were recently house hunting and some of the price prices on these houses it's literally you have to ask like what do you do for a living <laughs> what do you have to do what am i doing wrong yes i i'm so curious like is everybody a surgeon <laughs> right you know who what's your last name like what kind who, of family money did you come from that yeah, right. A thousand yeah. percent. Well, yeah, when I yeah. lived in, in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn, it was ex- exactly like, you know, that and Brooklyn Heights were like two of the most expensive, you know, neighborhoods. We lived in an apartment and we, you know, I think we paid for New York a, a fair amount of rent for the rest of the world. Exorbitant. Um, but Brooklyn Heights is just nine bedroom townhouses and like just huge like brownstones and I would say to myself like I would like to knock I want to go trick-or-treating and then instead of them giving me candy I need to know I want like business (laughs) cards and I I want to know like your family's financial history (laughs) I would I would watch that show it's like MTV Cribs meets Money Diaries yes Yes, we should or slash Billy on the street. Yes, we should pitch this. <laughs> like <laughs> all those three combined. <laughs> yeah, I want that. Like I want. I don't. I like watching real estate shows, but but I feel like what they hide is how you actually got this money. Um, that would be so well. I yeah. want to know, but you know, people won't share. No, <laughs> I if I had that much money, I probably wouldn't either. But I also probably wouldn't want to go on television and be like, I'm very rich and I'm looking for yeah. a very expensive apartment. Um, <laughs> the thing about Selling Sunset that I love is that it is produced by Adam Develo, who did mm-hmm. Laguna Beach in the Hills. So this guy knows reality TV. He knows how oh. to create a villain. He knows how to create tension. Um. And if you if you haven't watched Selling Sunset yet, just 
the barrier to entry is the first episode where you will not be able to tell any of them apart, but then you will <laughs> then you will learn their names and you will be like, that's Christine and that's Heather. Because in the beginning, I was like, that's Mary. No, that's Heather. No, yes. that's Mary. That's Mary. Oh, it's Mary. No. OK, that's Christine. Oh, 100%. no. OK. After episode one, I found myself. I just said this to the group chat the other day. I was like. The first episode of this show requires one of those PR decks that like Anne Hathaway got when she was in the Devil Wears Prada and she goes to the party and it's like the guest list with like their picture and then like yeah. what their names are. <laughs> like that's what you need to watch the first episode of Selling Sunset. That's After very that, accurate. You're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is an incredible show. It's great TV. It's so good. And lots of char- maybe a few characters you will learn to love to hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which we all need some type of emotional release right now. And yeah. for me, it's selling sunset. Have a villain and let your villain be some like there is this amazing scene. And I wonder if you picked up on it. They all so three of them go to this like pretty fancy looking restaurant. And the other thing too is that no matter where they go, morning, noon, or night, they're all dressed for the club. Like they're, yeah. they're like at coffee and Christine is like literally in full drag um yeah <laughs> so they're at this like very fancy restaurant and it's Maya and she's the real estate agent um from Israel uh there's Christine who is the villain and then there's Heather Heather who is Mary mm-hmm. or who's engaged to Tarek El Musa who is from Love It or List It or like one of those HGTV shows so like there, yes. I actually didn't know that. Oh, I thought I he was a hockey player. No. Or that was her old That was her boyfriend? old boyfriend. Yeah. Tarek is oh. the guy from HGTV, and he had a show with his ex-wife, and then they got divorced, and his ex-wife looks exactly like Heather. That's a whole other thing. But these, oh, my God. <laughs> these three... I did not – these things did not click for me. You got to go deep on this. I'm going to do some Googling. <laughs> the best part is this scene. They're all three of them at this lunch. The, the poor waitress comes over. She's probably just been told, like, okay, like, the there's a Netflix show filming. You have to go take their order. And she's probably like, what the hell? Thanks a lot. And Maya goes, do you guys make smoothies or milkshakes? And the woman's like, yeah, we, it's, a fa- it's a literal fancy restaurant. And she goes, I'll have a peanut butter milkshake. Then Christine goes, I'll have sweet potato fries and a Dr. Pepper. And Heather goes, I'll have water. And the, the waitress repeats back. So she's like, okay, so we're ordering one peanut butter milkshake, sweet potato fries, a Dr. Pepper, and a water for lunch. And they're all like, yeah, thank you so much. And that's their lunch. It's so funny. It's so chaotic. I miss that scene. Oh, it's scene. so good. Oh, Somehow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you. Yes. I, I was like screaming when I watched it. I, I'm also just floored by the their dress of how they dress to work. It's literally club stiletto heels <laughs> and club. Yeah, what you would wear to the club. Yeah, what you would have worn to the club. Also, like maybe like eight years ago. Like L.A. is like yeah. a little behind the yeah. East Coast in terms of fashion. But even when they go to do something casual, it's like wear cute athleisure, like wear a cute sneaker. Yeah. No, they're in like a bandage dress. Like they're like yeah. in a full. Yeah, it's very funny. I feel like everyone should watch. We're going to take a very quick break and then we will be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, Besides <laughs> Selling Sunset, what else are you watching right now? Oh my gosh, what am I not watching? Um, We just finished seasons one and two of Killing Eve. <sighs> How which do you like it? I 
love it. At mm. first, I'm not really into like dark, like, um, like violent yeah. things, but the actresses are so good. Um, the woman who plays Villanelle, mm-hmm. the main villain, is such a she plays a psychopath, like a sociopath or a psychopath, and she's just so good. Her expressions when she's smiling is so unnerving. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've I watched okay. season one and two and had similar feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't realize that Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote uh, season one or like part of season one or she was that. a writer on the show. Yeah, which Whoa. makes total sense to me now of like why because it's great. The writing is so good. <laughs> yeah, and Sandra O oh is incredible. Sandra O oh is amazing. She won awards for her performance, right? Yeah, I like think an she Emmy. Did. Yeah, I think yeah, she did. well deserved. So good. Um, great head of hair. Great, great hair. There's a lot of great. <laughs> she represents the Asian. <laughs> I'm I'm also a curly haired Asian, so mm-hmm. whenever I see someone else with that. I I just really admire um, her hair. It's amazing. You both so. have really good hair. Yeah. You thank should you. be on Killing Eve. <laughs> you should email the casting director and be like, FYI, I and also. And I just have be good like hair. a stunt double. <laughs> yeah, right. You can stab me. <laughs> like, go for it. Go for it. The knives. Um, you so you saw the episode where Villanelle is wearing that like amazing pink dress on the park bench. there's like that one scene in Amsterdam yes I think yes. of that dress unforgettable mm-hmm. outfit costume design incredible season one we just started and those costumes are like leveling up mm-hmm. all the other costumes mm-hmm. they're like in Spain they're in I don't even know where like <laughs> it's just awesome to are, watch is it something that you guys binged or were you doing like one episode a night like what was your killing you routine we have very little self-restraint when it comes to watching shows. So we watched, yeah, we've been watching like two to three episodes a night. Wow. So yeah, we finished it in like a week or two. Oh, season was so one and impressed. two. And now I'm sad. I'm like getting to that part of quarantine where I'm sad because we're running out of the good shows. Every now and then, Netflix will have a good show drop. Like Babysitter's Club was that. Oh, so good. I think most recent one. Yes, so good. So good. I didn't. I didn't grow up reading oh, really? the Babysitter's Club. Yeah, I. My childhood is weird. Like I grew up in Korea, so a lot of my childhood entertainment was like Korean <laughs> kids shows. That makes and, sense. Like, K-pop. <laughs> right. And, like watching all the K-pop shows. Um, and then I watched this Netflix version and I finally understand it's so wholesome. Every episode made me cry. I'm sure like you, yes, you watched it, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cried like the whole time. It, and it, it also was like, um, you know, there's always been like a long, standing conversation about like reboot culture and it's like you don't you know people are like you don't have to reboot everything like some things are Mm -hmm. just sort of meant to be like what they were and we remember them fondly and please don't bring them take your take your lesson from like cats just don't don't do it look to cats if you're ever thinking like hey this like show from the 80s or this book from the 80s or this thing that's already been done this book that was already a movie does not need now another movie i felt that about gilmore girls I felt it about 
literally probably everything else that's gotten a, a reboot. And Babysitter's Club yeah. was the first thing that I was like, this is actually this is actually so well done and also like so seamlessly now trans because the book started coming out in like 1986 1987 Mm -hmm. so I didn't start reading them until I was like eight or nine so it would be like the early 90s and you know now it's 2020 and the show comes out and it feels so there's so much stuff in it that's like exactly true to the experience of reading them in the 90s but but they've managed to build it in a world where it exists in 2020 and it makes sense yeah and like that's really difficult to do and they really did it and um yeah I was talking who was your oh sorry go go ahead ahead. no you go ahead who was your favorite character (gasps) Claudia when you're reading yeah (laughs) for sure I mean I always thought Stacey was like so cool because like in the way that you know all like girls with blonde hair named Stacy are cool. Like in the 90210 age, you're just like, oh my God, yeah. like Jenny Garth. Um, totally. But Claudia was the coolest. I mean, Claudia remains the coolest. She um, is the cool. I mean, I didn't coolest. read the books, mm-hmm. but from the show, she, I want all her clothes. Me too. First of all, like all her hairstyles, her clothes are so cool. There's also, have you seen the follow-up Netflix uh, documentary about Claudia Kishi? It's like a mini no. documentary. Yeah. It's like what? you should watch it. It's like a 20-minute mini documentary of um Asian Americans, like creators who loved Claudia Kishi growing up and what Claudia meant to them growing up. Because obviously, you know, like Asians were not represented in in wide stream mainstream pop culture uh-huh. or books for kids. Um, and Claudia was the cool one. It, of the babysitters club apparently she was the coolest um, yeah and so it's a documentary really sweet of like what claudia meant to them how the character came to be yeah it's and how the characters evolved yeah oh, that sounds so good i Highly will recommend it definitely watch that yeah i think that they yeah. like diversified the cast in a way that was so needed you know like in the books like four of them were blonde like you don't need like four (laughs) like blonde white girls um yeah and and the other that you know there are so many different issues that were presented so I have a friend who has um a 10 year old and she was like they were watching it together and she was like oh I never read the books she's a little older than me so she's like I never read the books growing up like was this were these the same storylines in the books? And I was like, there were, there were a lot of like through threads, but like, no, they weren't talking about trans mm-hmm. issues in 1987. Um, yeah. And yeah. to feel like that w- so seamlessly was brought into, you know, one of the episodes that came out on the Netflix show without it being like, this is an episode about trans people trans people you know what I mean it's like yeah it's like this is just you know they babysit a kid and uh like you know she identifies as a girl and you know Marianne takes her to the hospital and the doctor keeps misgendering her and Marianne like basically tells it (laughs) tells the the doctor and like that's a thing that Marianne totally would do that's a Mar- that's Marianne yeah. and if you know Marianne from the books and <clears throat> from growing up with these characters it was very easy for me to believe that this was like exactly 
her character. And so I have a softer spot for reboot culture now because I'm like, if everything is done as good as this was done, yeah, then we should keep doing reboots. But don't be lazy about it. But also cats. So, but also cat. But know, then also could, on the other side of the scale. Either way, <laughs> right. yeah. Then there's cats. Um, yeah. It's so true, <laughs> right? You're either the babysitters club or your cats, and figure yeah. it out and act accordingly. Um, I want to <laughs> know what you brought, and I'm. But I'm going to start with my recommendation because it's TV related. Okay. So, do you have the Pluto TV app? No. Okay. I don't know what that is. This is my favorite new thing. It new to me in quarantine um uh dan discovered it back in march and it is an app that is it's so funny because it is like the antithesis of why we all love streaming platforms but bear with me so pluto tv is a free app on we have on roku i'm not sure if apple tv has it but i'm sure there's something there so Uh it is it is free um and it mimics real tv so there's a channel guide and there and there's like you can see like what's on in a half hour <laughs> it's like real tv but every t- i'm like okay let me try to yeah right you're that. like let's see like, like, what like? What could that? right exactly yeah. and um but the the kind of the thing is that like most of what they show is available on different platforms but they show it in the context of watching live television. So like there is, and every show, not every show, but lots of shows have their own channel. So there is a forensic files channel and it's mm-hmm. just 24 seven forensics files and you just put it on and you, and when you turn it on, it's like halfway through an episode. And then there's a few ads here and there. And then wow. in a half hour, there's another episode and they have on demand movies. And I think the way that Dan found it was there was an MTV Cribs channel that is 24 7 MTV Cribs. And <laughs> then they had Troop Beverly Hills streaming. So I watched Troop Beverly Hills and was very happy. Um, they have like a channel that just plays the hills, they have a channel that just plays Laguna Beach. So in quarantine I have found it very comforting because I don't have cable like any other Uh millennial I just use streaming platforms but it kind of like fulfills that idle like I don't have to make any decisions like I just put on the channel and then it's like there and it's funny so I recommended it to I was I was talking to Amina um about um getting really into forensic files and she was like you know they have it all streaming on Netflix and I was like she's like why are you trying to convince me to watch like this show with ads where I can't <laughs> pick the episode myself I just have to see what comes on next when yeah. I could just stream it. I was like just try it and like literally two hours later she texted me and she was like I love Pluto TV Pluto TV is everything to me <laughs> like, and, and it just kind of gives you that feeling of like you know like oh let's just see what's on TV and you like wow. find an episode of the hills that's like halfway through and you're like oh, I love this episode and maybe I won't see I it again for a while. This. It's fun. And I, because you said you and Corey were, were like having a hard time just like there's not a lot of stuff. Yeah. This, this yeah. was sort of like, I don't know, it, it it does something for me that I can't explain. It takes away having to choose. Yeah. You know, you just. That's a big thing to take away. Yeah. There's a lot of time wasted on the Netflix home screen. Yes. <laughs> Too many choices. To watch. Yeah. So is do you pay for the app? No, it's is free. It, okay. It just has ads. 
That is fascinating. Really I'm going to look this up. We do have Roku. So yeah. I'm going to look that up. Pluto TV. I get it though. Like there's a strange like we're all craving right now like comfort mm-hmm. and comforting moods and feelings. And yeah, just when you were describing turning on the TV and it being in the middle of a show. Yeah. That's a feeling I haven't – that's an experience I haven't had in so long. Right. It, it, it's like yeah. we already have so much to think – I mean, this is the, the – it's like the lowest stakes possible uh, sort of <laughs> uh, way that this is projecting itself. But, like, we already have so many things to think about right now. And, yeah. you know, I think we've all been in the position where it's like you need sound to go to bed, so you need to pick something to watch before you fall asleep. And even though you know you're going to be asleep within, like, 90 seconds of turning it on, you somehow spend, like, a half hour deciding what it is that you're going to turn on before you turn on the office, which is exactly what I do every single night. <laughs> and it's like, I, it's like it's just, I want, it, it, like, gives me this thing where it's like, Thank you. Like, thanks for taking the work out of this for me. Like, I don't want to yeah. pick. I don't want to feel. There's no pressure in choosing what you're going to stream. Um, it, unless you're me and then I feel like insane pressure for some reason. But like, I don't know. Just, yeah, great. You pick the yeah. episode. I'll watch it. You tell me what to watch. I'll do also, it. Also, it just like helps you give in to the like fact that you're probably going to watch all the shows ever anyway by the end of whenever this thing ends so like why not watch any you know it doesn't matter just turn it It on I agree I couldn't agree more it's crazy it's like yeah great fine show me forensic files and now I'm obsessed with forensic files have you ever watched forensic files no wild is it can you describe is it like a is it fiction or is it um like, no it's nonfiction. so it's it's very 80s and, and early 90s okay. and everyone has like a, a quaffed bang you know what I mean it's like oh yeah like, <laughs> yeah. You, like you've seen a picture of your mom looking like this woman on this episode of forensic files like you know what I mean it's like very like okay I see you 1993 um and it is it is at the <laughs> it's sort of like from the mid 80s to the early 90s kind of at the boom of computers and the internet and being able to use science and forensics to solve crimes so it's Mm -hmm. a half hour show and it's like this guy essentially like like Clark came home and his wife was like murdered and you know like and it's like okay well none of the evidence from from like the naked eye could determine who the killer was but they'll say like uh-huh. okay but then we collected you know the footprints and we could using this type of forensics we discovered that the gravel from Clark's drive and it's just like so funny a because it's 2020 yeah. and you're like wow this was very novel like 30 years ago <laughs> um b because everyone loves like true crime I'm so desensitized to it but everyone loves like a true crime show mm-hmm. or not everyone I love a true crime show um and also it's very funny and Amina and I were laughing at this too when we were like texting back and forth about what we were watching it's like at the end of every episode it's like and clark won't be paroled until 2002 you're like oh my god how old is this episode (laughs) you're like clark and every day i'm like googling i'm like where's clark from forensic files like where does he live now um it's very funny there was a meme going around the other day that a tiktok that really spoke to me and it was like a woman like mopping her floor and doing her dishes and it was like this is me doing my my chores and it's her just like with a normal look on her face like doing all of her chores and you and she has her headphones on and you just hear like 
The body was found at the like the <laughs> the end of the road. <laughs> it was decapitated, and she's just like, mm-hmm, like doing my dishes. And that's exactly how I am when I watch Forensic Files. Like, could not be less. Like, nothing is affecting me. Um, but it's fun. It's very like '80s crime. Dan thinks I'm crazy. He's not into that stuff. He like I love Law and Order. He's not really into Law and Order. But he'll like walk by the room when I'm watching it, and he's like, "What the hell are you watching? Like, what <laughs> is this?" It's I you have to be in a certain mood. For, I'm not a true crime person, okay. but I can definitely see the, uh, you know, appeal of that. <laughs> you know, it's weird when I will say it's weird that when Law and Order and Forensic Files are the things that are calming you during <laughs> like a, a global crisis. I'm like, yes. I'm very calmed by yes. this murder. Um, So yeah, so that's my recommendation. Pluto TV just kind of brings you back to being a kid, watching TV after school, flipping through the channels, seeing what's on, you know. Love it. Like who would have thought that, you know, not even a decade into the streaming culture, we would be yearning for like just regular looking TV. Um, everything old is new. Everything again. old is new again. Basically. Somehow we don't want any more choices. I just want choices to be yeah. made for me. Um, so, okay. So that's my recommendation. And so everyone should really know, cause I just need like to fill everyone in. We're all family here. Alicia sends me an email like an hour before we start recording and she goes, I'm not sure if you need my list beforehand. Here's a brain dump of lots of things in order of passion. It is a, <laughs> it is 17 things long. You have now beat Amina and Anne were the ones who last brought as many recommendations as we've ever had on the show. You just beat them by like five or six. Um, Amazing. Always my goal. Always your goal. Meet their, and you actually bar. had similar, a uh, similar, rec- one of them was the Salix. Um, washcloth. Yeah. The um, Korean the shower sh- towel. Yeah. And, and your reasoning was everyone needs one. Um, which mm-hmm. you guys, that's two recommendations of this. Everyone Alex. needs one. Um, I grew up with it. Yes. It's, that's it's a right. part of the culture and it's the only right way to wash your body. I don't believe in loofahs. The first time I saw a loofah, I was horrified. It was in college. <laughs> My roommates had a loofah. I was like, is this how people have been living? Like one lives? of the colorful ones that you get for like a dollar at CVS yeah. and they're like purple. It was like purple <laughs> and just like hanging in the shower. Yeah. It's funny. Amina said the same thing. She was like, the thing that you learn when you have a diverse group of friends is like how to wash your body properly. <laughs> because, yeah. Or because, improperly. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, I also was a loofah person. Um, I need you to just tell me a little bit more about why you love the washcloth. Um, because I think we just yeah. need to kind of send, send the point straight home. Yeah. And I listened to the Anna and Amina episode and they mentioned this too, or Amina mentioned, mentioned this, but the size is the one that I have at least is long. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that because washing my back is very important to me. Yes. And when you have a long washcloth like that, you can do the, I'm doing a move right now. You can't really see, but you can, <laughs> Yeah, you can I know exactly what behind you're doing. You and kind of like wiggle around. Yeah. And it's just so satisfying to know that you can get those hard to reach spots. Wash your um, body people. It's important. And exfoliating. So important. Yeah. It's so such a great exfoliator for your body. Um, especially like if you're, if you shave your legs or like any other part of your body, like it's important to exfoliate. For me, at least, it is um, before I shave, so mm-hmm. it helps 
with that. It also is great for travel is another reason why I love it. Mm -hmm. When it's dry, of course, it's very lightweight and you can fold it into like a tiny little square. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So that is, that's a, that's a two person cell. And these are people (laughs) that like, I think we all trust. So if you have a loofah, say goodbye to it. The Salix washcloth is where it's at. But I did want to spend more time on one of your recommendations that we haven't talked on the show about before. So you said an order of passion. So do you want to go with number one? Yes. Let's get into it. I brought my rice cooker. It's it's a Cuckoo is the brand Uh rice cooker. Uh, It is roughly a little over $100. Okay. Before you gawk at the price, let me tell you why I love this. I described it as the Rolls Royce of rice cookers. You did. You did. Um, And this is another thing, you know, that was a staple of my childhood. We, We always, you know, my mother is Korean. We always had rice like pretty much every single night mm-hmm. for dinner at home. And so we always had this rice cooker on our countertops. And then um and I and I thought that everyone had one for some reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then everyone consumed as much rice as we did. Sure. And then at some point of course I had this like rude awakening and had a similar thought process of like, oh my God, like how are people making their rice? <laughs> How are people, are they like putting it in a pot and do it? Like, what is, what's going on here? And I think how that is how usually. How old were you usually, when you had that thought? How old were you when you figured out that not everybody was using the rice cooker? I was pretty old, like 20, <laughs> You're like, 20. last month, yes. <laughs> I thought this was a staple kitchen appliance. Um, Interesting. But it turns out you can really only get it at H Mart or, you know, Asian markets or the internet H-Mart. also mm-hmm. has them. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's great because if you are also an avid rice consumer, it's kind of a set it and forget it thing, as you might guess Mm -hmm. from what it is. It's a one utility kitchen tool, Um, but you can make rice in really big batches. The consistency of the quality is top notch. You know, once you understand how much water to pour in, how to wash the rice, like every single time you will get the most perfect, fluffy, sticky white rice ever. It is um, a game changer. It's a game changer. And the one that I have is great because it has different like buttons for different modes. Yeah, I'm looking it up <laughs> right now. It's the – yeah, okay. It just came out. The Kuka Rice Cooker. The is Kuka it the rice is it the one with the red? Um... Yeah, okay, I have cool. the red one. Cute. And there's different buttons. Um, truth be told, the only mode that we ever use in our household is called turbo mode. Hell yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> like, just Let's like bring it on home. Uh, <laughs> turbo mode um, basically cooks your rice in 15 to, to 20 minutes. <gasps> so it's kind of like the faster mode. Love um, it. But I mean, the quality of what you get is great. Um, I said that it looks really cute on our countertop. It's always on our countertop. Mm-hmm. And when it's done cooking your rice, such a delightful thing. It like sings to you. <laughs> <laughs> and the really fancier ones sing like a whole song to you, usually in Korean yes. or Japanese, like depending on the model that you get. 
I can't think of anything bad about this. I'm like, I'm looking at it right now. It looks kind of amazing, but it also looks like there's like a lot of different, like, does it make, it says like porridge, steam, multi, like does it, does, do rice cookers do other things than cook rice? Like what's the deal? Yeah, it makes other, yeah. I mean, it makes like other types of rice dishes, like porridge is one of them. Baby food it um, says too. Yeah, I'm sure you could make baby food in it. We haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no need. We don't right. have a baby. So <laughs> just, we haven't had that. just for fun. Right. Um, there's like little hacks too. Like you can half a tomato or cut a tomato in half and what? put it in your rice cooker and it makes this delicious tomato rice, which is so good and so easy. Um, I'm sure you could also make quinoa in a rice cooker because it's, I've always made, if I, if I ever dare have to make rice yeah. on a stovetop. Usually it's a similar process of cooking quinoa. So I'm assuming it will also work for that. I don't know how to make – so we have a, um, a Zoji Rushi um, rice cooker um, oh, yeah. that Dan found at Goodwill for $5. This is like a $200 rice cooker. I was going to say that is the Rolls Royce of I've, rice cookers. It was 5 bucks. I've never seen him happier. Like n- – <laughs> maybe not even at our wedding like this might have been the happiest I've ever seen Dan he was just holding it like a child like I felt like I should push him out of the goodwill in a wheelchair like with balloons That's that are like congratulations I, I share in Dan's joy I'm, 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 I'm excited to tell him that you brought um a rice cooker because he because I was very much like I thought you didn't like one one tool cooking things and I was like this is so much counter space and he uses it like every day and that thing sings all day long it's it's, just, it's always like and it's like yeah. yeah but it makes also, the best it's, rice it's a that's a great price for that model <laughs> yeah. he, there's like different levels of rice cookers I would say cuckoo is like the Nissan not I, yeah, I misspoke. I would say it's more <laughs> Nissan, and Zojirushi is more like Rolls Royce. Well, so. we paid five dollars for a Zojirushi. I think also like if you are a Goodwill person, if you are an eBay person, like rice cookers abound. You could probably find something for for like, and it's also it's like you don't be it's it's okay to use it used. You know what I mean? Like you can wash it. You can like wipe it down. Yeah. There's a, a it's like a pot inside of it that you put, you know, you can wash anyway. But I'm looking at the cuckoo one right now and it's about a hundred bucks, which like yeah, it's expensive, but also like if you are making a lot of rice mm-hmm. and rice is like part of your like meals m- more often than not and half right, exactly. Then like why <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, um, it's certainly a staple in our household, so highly recommend it. Also, I don't know if you and Dan have a rice paddle, but that's a what's a rice a paddle? thing I would also. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's, it's like a it's like a scooper basically okay, for your rice cooker. <gasps> we do not. It's like a and little, it's so cute. Yeah, it's like a cute little plastic paddle that helps you scoop. It's rounded. Yeah. It looks like a ping pong racket, yes, almost, it does. but smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you scoop out the rice in the rice cooker without scratching the metal bucket that's in the rice cooker. So it's like a rice spatula? Um, yeah. And the rice doesn't stick to the paddle. So wow. Yeah, that looks really – that's something we definitely You should surprise need. him with that. I should. That He'll accessory. Be really happy. <laughs> um, how much rice are you making a week? Just because I want to know. 
probably one pot full, which is uh, maybe enough for like six servings. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of rice. And yeah. also like rice keeps. So you can just go, you can just like make a ton of rice and then just put it in a Tupperware and then have rice it. Rice keeps really well. And um, like several days old rice that you've had sitting in the fridge is the best kind of rice to make fried rice with. I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of days old. Like the food that, that tastes the best after like two days in the fridge is like my extreme shit. Um, it's not all food, but <laughs> but letting rice sit for a little bit is is a good one. Uh, we're gonna take another quick break and we will be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We're back. The cuckoo rice cooker. I'm excited. I think like after we get off the phone, I'm going to ask for like a full Zoji Rushi lesson from Dan because yeah. I, I'm i very, I don't know, like this is like old news to regular listeners, but like I'm not at home in the kitchen, but I'm learning. Um, but learning to use the rice cooker seems like exactly my speed. It's literally pressing buttons. I feel like I can handle. Yeah. I feel like I can handle. Um. I wish I want to go through like every single other thing on this list. And what I will do <laughs> is I'm also going to I'm going to share your whole list with people. Um, oh, great. But mm-hmm. but what are what's the what's another one? Let's pick like two, I want to hear about like two more things. So okay. out of 17 out of 17 things, I'm putting you on the spot. Pick another one you want to talk about that you don't want to forget. OK, well, I sent this to Caroline in all caps. So I think I have to talk about this one yes my ugly I have ugly headphones yes um I would love to talk about this I actually have it I can show you but these are I was on the hunt for new wireless headphones yep for this was back when I was commuting RIP yeah back when we left the house TBT outside but I think my my thing was I'm I still haven't given in to airpods okay like I just I don't know why there's this there's this like obstacle to me buying into airpods I just don't want to really pay for like them I've always seen people struggle to like connect into phone calls like conference calls like can you hear me can you yeah I just don't want to deal with that I just want like headphones that work and are wireless and are over the ear too is that so much to ask so I did some Amazon searching Mm -hmm. uh, and found these headphones they're great because they're only like $39 great they're very comfortable on your ear. They have so much cushioning. It's like clouds on your ears. It's oh, great. Like <laughs> so what are they cushioning. called? I have to. Um, it's it. like some weird brand I've never heard. MPOW is the brand. Oh sure, MPOW. MPOW. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's MPOW, but it just it should be. It's a good name. Yeah. Um, oh, that so it's better. over ear. Are there and they're Bluetooth? They're Bluetooth. Okay. 
They're Bluetooth headphones. They're pretty ugly. <laughs> um, but they give me so much comfort. Like, I think this was my best pre-quarantine purchase without knowing it, without knowing just, like, how much I would be using it in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like, I use it um, – it's not technically noise canceling, but it is really good at blocking a lot of noise out. So for me and my fiance, he might kill me for like telling the story, but um, he loves spending time with me and just like being in the same room. He loves watching TV like more than I do. So we'll usually sit on the couch together, but sometimes I don't want to watch Shameless. Like that's not a show that I want to watch. So instead, I will be on the couch with him so we can, like, be together or whatever. <laughs> and I'll put my headphones on and, like, listen to an audiobook Aww. or just, like, music and, like, flip through my phone, which which now that I'm saying it sounds completely insane. No, like, I don't think it does. We're home yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. it, it, we can't just, like, it, there's too much togetherness. Like, it's, tr- it's too much. Honestly, sometimes Dan plays like Zelda in one room and I watch forensic files in another and it's like then sometimes I'm like oh my god are we are we like are we in is our relationship in trouble because like we're not in the same room and he's like oh my god we're in the same house all the time like we're the only people we get to hang out with it's okay I think it's totally fine it's so nice of you to even just sit on the couch with him I'd be like get out of here with your shameless (laughs) you're amazing you're amazing another trophy for you no I think that that's really nice like being able to coexist um in this on the same couch literally is is like very sweet and you can have that you know that quality time without having to be like engaged in the same content yeah um and it's great like I I am new to the wireless headphones life and it's so great for like listening to audiobooks or music while you're um, cooking yeah. or cleaning, organizing. Like it, I, I'm definitely a big multitasker and I just love that part of, of having these headphones. So if you don't want to pay, you know, the premium for Beats headphones which I didn't want to or yeah. whatever the headphones du jour is uh I recommend these 30 39 dollar ones that's awesome um yeah I I do love it I'm wearing an over-the-ear headset now because it works the best with podcasting but it is so much more comfortable than shoving something in your ear um I wanted to I want to tag on a new recommendation to your recommendation because I just thought of it a thing I bought recently. How do you guys um, sleep? Like, do you guys both listen to something before you go to bed? Does one of you need silence and one of you needs noise? Like, what's the routine for you guys? Um, For for Corey, he's very deep into the Calm app, the meditation app. Mm -hmm. There's, And I make fun of him for it because it works so well for him. (laughs) There's this one particular one called Deep Sleep Meditation. It's nine minutes long. Every single time it will knock him out <laughs> after like the first three minutes and I'm still awake, like listening to his snoring or whatever. <laughs> like, yes. After, cause I get desensitized to meditations if I repeat them. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work. It worked for me the first time, but the third or fourth time didn't work for me. But mm-hmm. for him, it's like, that's his I'm so happy for him because, like, I wish I had <laughs> like that to knock me out completely. Um, for me, it's actually just like reading a book in bed. Nice, and it'll before. just like kind of make you drowsy. 
Yeah. Although I did have um, like a month in quarantine where I was watching Gardener's World. <laughs> have That'll you seen it. this? Yes. You know about this? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Tell everybody Literally, a little about that. I ha- okay. So Gardener's World is a <laughs> British show about gardening hosted by Monty Don, who is like a legend. He's like a British gardening icon. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say he's like in his 70s now. He's quite old now um but it's this amazing like hour plus long show about the details of gardening like one segment will be somebody visiting a garden in scotland and taking you through all the beautiful flowers and like look how they've structured the spruces with like these like daylilies and all of that um and then there will be segments where monty takes you into his like potting shed or some other part of his garden and he's doing what he calls like he's his weekend chores yes he'll say like these are your chores for the weekend (laughs) (laughs) and gives you these like very wholesome tips of like how to divide your tulip bulbs or like you know how to warm up your dahlias or Mm. it's just so comforting there and by the way I don't have a garden (laughs) garden right now so there's no practical reason that i am watching this show it's just like it, Living it's so common it is just imagine like british people talking to you in warm dulcet tones about flowers with like and... with like birds chirping yes. in the background and like bees buzzing around it's perfect just... asmr <laughs> perfect asmr and like usually the 30 minute mark is when i'll start to doze off yeah I I think that's a really good pick, especially if you're somebody who like needs something. I just need noise, you know, so I can listen to like Real Housewives reunions. Like I can listen to women screaming at each other and it'll put me to sleep. Um, (laughs) But if you need something very like calming. Yeah, that is a very, very good recommendation. Um, I'm going to send you this link, but I was going to recommend and maybe Corey will like them for the meditation but they're, they're called sleep headphones um it's a bluetooth headband that has little speakers next to your ears so it like <gasps> it's like a workout it looks like a workout you know headband that you like yeah. use to put, yeah but it has little speakers in your ears and then you can cover your eyes with it if you <gasps> want to um but it, oh, you know it's so you're not you don't have to like sleep with headphones on and i know sometimes when i would fall asleep with my airpods in there'd always be like one la- lost in the bed by the morning and then it would freak me <laughs> out um but yeah this That's is really cool it's really cool it's like 20 bucks i will i'm gonna look that up I'll link to it in the show notes. I'll send you an email with it. But I got them a few weeks ago. um, And because Dan and I listen to, he listens to basketball podcasts and I listen to Real Housewives um, going to sleep or like, you know, audiobook, like whatever, but totally, Mm -hmm. totally different content. And it's always Mm -hmm. a battle of like, I can hear your podcast. I can hear your house. So it's like, we (laughs) we were like, okay, well, what's a, you know, solution for this? And you can turn it up full blast and and he couldn't hear it next to me. Um, so it's great. They're like Bluetooth. That's a big win. A huge win. I'll I'll send you a link. That is a genius. Those are the things that make me so mad that I'm like, I can't believe I didn't come up with this. This makes so much sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Good headphones are like very good to have. um, Do they have a micro, do yours have a microphone on it so you can like make calls or are they just pure listening? Um, That's the only gripe 
that I have about the ones that I just talked about. They don't have a microphone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just listening. I like that. Yeah. And for, I just, I love this whole list and I want to ask you a million questions, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you to tell me about um, the pottery from East Fork. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you know about East, no, East Fork? No, I don't. Okay. So East Fork is a recently new to me brand. I actually think I was introduced to them via Molly Chen, mm-hmm. who is also on your podcast. I love Molly. Um, she's great for recommendations. But they are a pottery studio based in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm. And the owners are really cool too. They're definitely craftsmen in like the truest sense of the word. I think one of the co-owners is a like direct descendant of Matisse, I believe. Wow. So like very, very into their craft, which I truly appreciate. Um, and when I saw Molly recommend them a few years ago, I bought like a, a dinner plate and a couple of other like knickknacks. Um, and they're beautiful because if you go to their site, they I'm have different on it glazes. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, they have different what they call glazes. But like for a normal person, I would just say like their colors, <laughs> like colorways uh-huh. um, of different types of dinner plates. And trying to figure out how to describe it. But if you look at it, it looks very... Gorgeous. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're pretty hefty. Um, They have a beautiful, like, grain to them. Mm. They have this, like, very distinct edge, uh, like a ceramic edge to them. Yeah. Um, They look like what you might find in, like, a very well-curated boutique in LA which I'm sure they or Williamsburg yeah for sure yeah or Williamsburg yeah this is so it's like that level of aesthetic yeah so a few years ago I was looking to invest in dinnerware because you know like we really only had whatever dinnerware I picked up from Target one day in my early 20s of course course. um so I I bought like a little set to try out and I really loved them um, if you're also an Instagrammer or love to like Instagram your food, any food you put on this plate will look beautiful. Like you could put like, I don't know, potato chips on it and it'll look like art. <laughs> so Perfect. it's wonderful for that. Wow. Um, but I, I put it on my list because I think the way that East Fork runs their company and their brand is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly transparent about their production capabilities and how things work. Um, I remember they wrote a blog post last year about where their dollars go towards like in a visual pie chart of like, this is how much of your money that you pay. Because I think they were getting complaints about, you know, why does this plate cost $30? Right. Well, let me tell you, like there's a real person in a kiln or like a studio, like who is crafting this plate. Mm. We have to pay that person. We have to pay for marketing. We have to pay for distribution, packaging. And I love, like, I still remember that blog post to this day because as a maker and now, like, as a creator, it's hard when people are kind of complaining about, well, why does this cost this much? It's hard to yeah. fight back, some, not fight back, but like justify it sometimes. But yeah. I think they're very self aware of the value that they bring through their beautiful products and craftsmanship right so, and it and it, yeah. it's not it, it's not like they're saying like well that's a you problem but but I think I think making that point that it's like if you want 
a quality, you know, handmade, handcrafted piece of kitchenware, um, this is what that's going to cost you. Yeah. Um, and it's really great that like, you know, I think a lot of stuff on Amazon and like the targets and, and there, there are really fun things there that are, that are like way more accessible and, but also a lot less expensive. Um, and I think that it does sort of become a little shocking when, when you're, um, looking at a plate and it, the, the one plate costs $30. Um, yeah. that reminds me of that, that thread about, um, independent bookstores. I'm sure you know it, but it's like when someone, oh, it's like a bookseller maybe a couple of years ago, but it's been making the rounds lately. Um, you know, a woman was at her independent bookstore was remarking that a customer came in and like looked at the hardcover that was like $24.99. And she was like, I can get this for $10 on Amazon. Um, and, yeah. and the woman who owned the store, like, wasn't upset. She was just like, well, let me explain, like, how this works. Like, if you, you know, if you, uh, you know, like we get these books at a discount. So like I bought all of these hardcover books for $15 each. If I sold them for $16, like that's not enough mm-hmm. to keep my store open. Like that's why we have to sell yeah. them full price. And so it's like you, you, it, it'll, that transparency allows you to draw the line between like, oh, why are all these independent bookstores closing? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it helps you me understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm looking and at, the- oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say because like some of, we recently did an audience survey, and I think you will you will always get this feedback. I think when you are a writer or creator who is making products, like everybody always wants more budget friendly, accessible products. Mm-hmm. But I think it's imp- like we were discussing this as a team recently, you know. But then there's also this idea of like sustainability and supporting makers, like that does come at a cost because a lot of sustainable brands are very much um, time and like labor intensive and you have to pay folks fairly. And um, it's just like a weird, it's a weird trade off. But I think as a consumer, the more you can become educated about the supply chain and about how things are made um, will help you understand like whether or not you want to invest Cause that's how I approach the East Fork plates. Like they are an investment and that I now understand the story. Mm-hmm. I now understand how these are made. I know the people who are making them, which makes it all the more special. So yeah, I mean, my little soapbox. No, it, 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 it's a lot. There's a lot of truth to that. I think, um, you know, that quote, you know, no, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism is, is like something I think about. Um, and, and also like, you know, we do do a lot of talk about Amazon and, and recommending Amazon products. And I'm always torn about Amazon because, you know, I don't buy books from Amazon. Um, but Amazon is like for a lot of people, like it's one of the only accessible things that they have. Um, not everyone lives in the middle of like a booming metropolis. Um, totally. Not everyone can yeah. afford, you know, the expensive brand of XYZ. And Kate Bayer and I had this conversation a few weeks ago about the overalls um, that she recommended from Amazon. And, you know, they're way more size inclusive and they're cute and they're on trend. And we had a big conversation about how, like, you know, I would happily spend a ton of money on 
overalls from like a, you know, a sustainable fashion brand that would fit me. And there aren't that many, you know, there aren't that many. Um, and that's yeah. why I appreciate Katie Storino because she's always doing the, you know, the call in the brands and like make my size and stuff. But we were talking about how that, that there's a tug of war there where you're like, Hey, like Amazon's making like a, like a two XL or a three XL, you know, mm-hmm. overall, um, for girls who, or for women or for anybody who, you know, don't really fit in that like straight store size or like just one or two above, um, straight mm-hmm. store sizes. And, and for a long time, all of those people have been like left out and mm-hmm. now there's yeah. this opportunity. So it's like, it's everything. It's like, there's a huge, there are so many different columns, you know what I mean? We're like, yeah, we're like, okay, well, this doesn't, you know, fit, yeah. fit my set of beliefs about this thing, but this doesn't fit my set of beliefs about this thing. And 100%. Yeah. And, and look, I still shop at Amazon. I got yeah. the, the ugly headphones from Amazon. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's just about as long as you're conscious and in like intentional in your consumption and, and informed. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I just hate the whole like never ever shop at Amazon because I for me at least in my life like that's not realistic for a lot of the reasons mm-hmm. that you shared but do I curb my yeah. you know do I do I do second thoughts of well yes. can I wait to get this from somewhere else from like a local maker like yes like those are kinds of the yes. questions that I'm asking myself now yeah. but I don't think like just because somebody shops on Amazon, like you're evil. No, no, not at all. Yeah. It is, but yeah. it is, it's just, it's the, the world is very gray. Um, you know, the lines of all these things are very gray. And I, I do have a few friends who don't shop at Amazon and, um, I think that's amazing. That's like, yeah. that's really great. If that's like, if that's where, you know, if that's how you're choosing to like be a consumer, um, and you can do that, then that's, that more power to you. Um, I love the idea of finding, I love, I mean, I love everything that East Fork has to offer. I'm like, okay, what do I need? (laughs) Um, but also, yeah, like, like going, like there's so many great brands, especially for pottery, for ceramics, for kitchenware, um, really cute things like look on Etsy, look, you know, Molly Chen, Mm -hmm. great recommendations on this stuff. Like just start Mm -hmm. Googling around because like there is no shortage of really, really well-made handcrafted, um, like houseware stuff. Yeah. And Etsy's great. And I've definitely been looking more on Etsy for like, uh, vintage furniture and just like everything. It's, I'm a little biased though, because Corey works there now. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Tell them I'm a big fan. It's, yeah, big fan, big big fan. I've been looking at um, um, planters on Etsy, um, like for for plants, planters for plants. Did you know that's what I was saying? There's um, a lot of good ones. There's so many good ones, and it, yeah. it's fun. And also, like we've talked about this so much on the show, and I'm sure you feel the same. It's like there's nothing to do right now, so. When I know that a box is coming, I'm like, a box is coming to my house today. Like, it's like the biggest thing that ever happens. Like, when I see a tracking number update and it's like, it will be delivered by 5 p.m., I like wait by my door and I'm like, hello, man. There's like 100%. There's like so much more anticipation. (laughs) The little things now. Something to look forward to. Truly. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for coming. This was like, such a fun, fun, fun time to spend with you. 
Thank you for having me. And I'm I'm glad that I could share with you my 17 items I love. I love it. I'm going to list yeah. it for everybody on dothingsjustboughtit.com. We'll do like a little blog about it. Um, if you have links, uh, Alicia, that you want to send me so that I can share, that would be great. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a great list, you all. Like we we if I had a Patreon, <laughs> we would do like a, a like a you know, behind the paywall app. Um, let everybody know how they can subscribe to Girls Night In if for some reason they are not yet a subscriber. Yeah, uh, to subscribe to Girls Night In, go to girlsnightin.co nice. and enter your email address. And we send a weekly email every Friday morning. Um, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Girls Night In Club. I'm on Instagram, aren't we all? Um, I'm at Alicia Ramos. You just got swipe up, right? I just got a swipe oh up. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I feel drunk with power. <laughs> I it's know. amazing. I'm very close and I'm really excited to be close. Like we're we're now like the final 1500. I'm at like 8500, so I'm hoping maybe by the fall. Um, but yeah, oh my god. Yeah, drive. Are you we just do like a drive I, to help you get there? Like yeah. a save like a save the children like like, <laughs> like help me get to 10,000. Hashtag road to 10k. Do you right the road to 10 <laughs> Okay. Do you feel um, just just because I want to know what it's like? Uh, are you really are you really um, mindful about what you do swipe up on, or are you just like like just the floodgates are open and you are doing the swipe up? The floodgates are open. Oh, you know, I did ha- I, I did it. have 10k um, paralysis the first 24 hours. Right, that it was going to drop. Like, what is she going to do? A swipe up before and <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. I think my first swipe up was actually to like either Selena Gomez's perfect Architectural Digest um, video. Or, no, yeah. Kylie Jenner. Oh, Kylie. Mm-hmm. Yes, the first one. Haunting, so honestly, I bestowed that honor upon Kylie Jenner. So you're welcome, Kylie. She she is <laughs> or Kendall. Sorry, Kendall. I, Kendall's was um haunting yeah if the, the very last like last second recommendation you guys watch the the architectural digest um celebrity home tours another rachel wilkerson miller recommendation they are so infuriating and you will very quickly learn many celebrities do not have taste um because a yeah. lot of those are ugly i'm excited that you have 10k i'm gonna i'm gonna manifest that into reality for me um Thank you. I, I will. I'll also do that. For you. <laughs> I loved having you. I'm so excited for everybody to hear this episode, and I hope that we can do this again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me.